Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. In a few minutes, I want to talk with you about something that affects almost half of the people sitting in this sanctuary today, something that affects almost half of the radio listeners, almost everybody. I'd like to ask you now to turn to Genesis chapter 37. Genesis 37, beginning at verse 18. The story of Joseph is the story of a young man who at the age of 17 experienced such a, a high degree of jealousy and rejection by his brothers that they literally wanted to kill him. That's what happened. So let's pick up the story in chapter 37 at verse 18 where it says, When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of the dreamer. But when Reuben heard, when Reuben heard of their scheme, he came to Joseph's rescue. Let's not kill him, he said. Why should we shed any blood? Let's just throw him into this empty cistern here in the wilderness. Then he'll die without our laying a hand on him. Reuben was secretly planning to rescue Joseph and return him to his father. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing. Then they grabbed him and threw him into the cistern. Now the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. Then, just as they were sitting down to eat, they looked up and saw a caravan of camels in the distance coming toward them. It was a group of Ishmaelite traders taking a load of gum, balm, and aromatic resin from Gilead down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain by killing our brother? We'd have to cover up the crime. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to those Ishmaelite traders. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood, and his brothers agreed. So when the Ishmaelites, who were Midianite traders, came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern and sold him to them for 20 pieces of silver, and the traders took him to Egypt. Let's, let's end our reading right there. We read, obviously, of how Joseph was thrown into a cistern, or a more simple word would be a pit. A, a pit. The cistern or pit was a, a narrow and deep hole which sometimes served as an underground reservoir for rainwater. A cistern differs from a, a well, you might say, significantly, in that it only holds captured rainwater as opposed to tapping into an underground water source as do wells. Uh, some of you who maybe come from certain islands probably use cisterns to collect rainwater during the dry season. How many of you, how many of you uh, were in that situation? Yes, yeah, some of you were. So Joseph's brothers threw him into a cistern that at least fortunately was dry at that point in time. Verse 25 says, verse 25 declares, 
Then just as they were sitting down to eat, they looked up and saw a caravan of camels in the distance coming toward them. It was a group of Ishmaelite traders taking a load of gum, balm, and aromatic resin from Gilead down to Egypt. Now think about it, think about it. The, the caravan of Ishmaelites was for Joseph's, was for Joseph God's path out of the pit. It's a long story, but eventually Joseph went, as we might say, he went from the pit to the palace. And it started with a, with a, a caravan of slave traders. Many times in your life and mine, sometimes God does some things which don't make sense, but when you're in the center of his will, God is in the process of doing what he wants to do in your life and mine, even though we may not always realize it. Amen? Who, who would have thought that the passing of a caravan of slave traders would have been Joseph's path out of the pit, and eventually, years later, into a palace? As many of you know, in time, Joseph became second in command in the land of Egypt. Obviously, most of us will hopefully never find ourselves in the kind of pit that Joseph was in. But sometimes we find ourselves in different kinds of, of pits which the Lord wants to help us climb out of. We find ourselves in some modern-day pits, so to speak. And when I use the word pit in this message, I'm talking about the place or the situation we, we don't want to be in. Usually it's a place or situation that is causing us pain. That's the kind of pit I'm talking about. So consider with me, consider with me, the pit of loneliness. The pit of loneliness. Loneliness has been a problem for many centuries. There were many times when King David, the great King David in the Bible himself, wrestled with loneliness. In Psalm 25, verse 16, David says, why don't you read it out loud with me, turn to me and have mercy, for I am alone and in deep distress. And then in Psalm 102, verse 7, David says, I lie awake, lonely as a solitary bird on the roof. Think about that imagery there. I lie awake, lonely as a solitary bird on the roof. And um, hundreds of years later, the Apostle Paul wrote, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16, together. The first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Everyone abandoned me. The great apostle Paul went through times of, of, of serious loneliness. A major study on loneliness was done in the United States, and usually these studies uh, correlate and very, are very similar results in, in Canada. The major study was done, and 40, 46%, all right, get this, 46% of the people said they were lonely some of the time or all the time. Lonely some of the time or all the time. The, the study approached the subject of loneliness from the perspective 
of its effect on health and well-being, citing research that suggests loneliness has the same impact. Look, listen to this. They said, loneliness has the same impact on mortality as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Isn't that something? So for those of you who are maybe saying to yourself, oh, Pastor Nick, why are you talking about this pit today? It's because you may not know it, but most of us pastors know what a serious issue this is. Feelings of loneliness are worse, believe it or not, feelings of loneliness are worse <clears throat> in younger generations than in older ones. You would think that because the younger generation spends hours on social media, whether it's on their phones or tablets or by computers, you would think that young people would not struggle with loneliness as much as older people would. That's what you would think probably, right? However, when young people spend a lot of time trying to connect socially, it doesn't seem to help them overcome loneliness as much as one might think. Did you know that? Now you do. In fact, people who spend too much time on the internet tend to become even more isolated and more lonely. What the research is telling us is this. What it's really telling us is, as I, as I look across our congregation today, almost half, 46% of you, dear people, are lonely some of the time, and the research says, in many cases, all the time. Now, I have some wonderful news. I have some good news for us. I have some good news, and it is this. Most of us can take some action to climb out of the pit of loneliness, no matter how young or no matter how old you might be. We, with the Lord's help, can take some action. There's some things in life that we might not have a lot of control over. But you and I can definitely take some solid action to help oneself climb out of the pit of loneliness. Amen? Um, ushers, can, can you just check the doors to the basement to make sure all the doors are closed just so that we don't have as much sound coming up from the lower level, please? All right. Uh, here, are, here are some helps to climb out of the pit of loneliness. Okay? For those of you making notes, A, remind yourself that the Lord is with you. Okay? Remind yourself that the Lord is with you. Um, try to remember some Bible verses. I'm just going to quote a few for you here. Joshua 1, 9. Let's read it together. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Isn't that beautiful? Be strong, courageous, don't be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen? Mom and dad, 
You remind your little girl as she's growing up about beautiful truth like this. All right? Isaiah 41, verse 10. Read it together in unison. Here you go. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. All right? And Jesus said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So, remind yourself that the Lord is with you. These are just a few Bible promises. There are many other verses that tell us the same, the same truth. And sometimes when you're reading your Bible, you come across, you'll come across various verses that remind us of this beautiful truth. All right. Helps to climb out of the pit of loneliness. Here's the next truth that can help you. Point B, point B. Listen to songs that can help you overcome loneliness. Listen to songs. Here, um, here, here, here's, a, here's a song called I Am Not Alone by Carrie Joby. Is that how she pronounces her last name? Uh, some of you know. Job? J-O-B-E. Okay. Let's, let's just listen to this song for a bit here. All right.
Simply saying, my friends, is there is beautiful music like this, whether it's uh, CDs or you download them, whatever. Um, as you listen to music like this, it can, it can help lift your spirits and encourage you and truly remind you that you are not alone. The Lord, your Creator, is with you when you have repented of your sins, put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. He says, I am with you. And then there are many wonderful contemporary songs like this one, and then there are some older songs like His Eye is on the Sparrow that you can be blessed by. Uh, why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely? Why should my heart be lonely? And long for heaven and home when Jesus is my portion, my constant friend is he, his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, listen to songs that can help you overcome your loneliness. In general, listening to good Christian music will, will lift your spirits and remind you that God is with you. All right. Continuing on with some ideas for climbing out of the pit of loneliness. C, C. Uh, simply be kind and nice to people. <laughs> Don't be mean and miserable. I know some of you are thinking, well, this is, this is, this is real smart of you, Pastor Nick. Uh, well, listen. <laughs> this, is, this is so much needed. When you are kind and nice to people, they naturally want to spend time with you and interact with you and be your friend. If you are mean and miserable with people, chances are people are going to try and avoid you, which leads to what? More loneliness, okay? Just last week, just last week, um, <clears throat> I got off the elevator and saw a well-dressed man waiting for the elevator to get on as I was getting off. As, as I got off, I just, I mean, no big deal. As I got off, I just smiled and said, good evening, sir, good evening. No big deal. And he just stood there looking at me. Didn't say a word. He just looked at me, George, as if I were weird. Ruth, when we use the word if, we should say, if I were, right, instead of if I was. That's correct grammar, if I recall my grammar correctly. Anyway, but I mean, he just stood there looking at me as if, as if Pastor Nick was weird. Now, you know I'm not weird. <laughs> say amen. I, you know I'm not weird. There are some of you that didn't say amen. I'll have words with you afterwards. But I still won't be mean and miserable to you, okay? Um, but anyway, so he just, he just kind of stared at me. And he was well-dressed and all that. He stared at me and just got on the elevator. And uh, I, I thought, man, what's the matter with that guy? Okay? What? Some of you, some of you have some comments back there. Okay, no comments from the peanut gallery, please. All right? Looking back, looking back, um, I, I said, well, I say to myself, you know, buddy, you're probably a very lonely man when you won't even say hello to someone who greets you coming off the elevator. I felt sorry for him. 
Okay? Now, if it had been, if it had been a woman, I could better understand her silence because I know a lot of you women don't want to give us men the wrong idea. Right? But but truthfully, more women say hi to me than men. I don't know. Okay, so some helps to climb out of the lonely pit. Okay, point D, point D. Take the initiative in talking with people. I know some of you are thinking, oh, Pastor Nick, this is so deep, so brilliant. It is, it is. And it's just amazing how, how almost everybody has to be told this. You have to hear it. That will help you build friendships and overcome loneliness. Taking the initiative and talking with people. Our daughter Amy is now grown up and she and her husband have two little children of their own. When Amy was a little girl, she started going to junior kindergarten like, like most other little kids. At, uh, at the end of her first week of kindergarten, I, I said, Amy, sweetheart, how do you like school? She said, Daddy, I don't like school. And obviously I said, how come you don't like school, sweetie? I like school. I really like school. She said, Daddy, I don't like school because the other kids, the other kids don't talk to me. I said, Amy, do you talk to the other children? She said, nope. <laughs> I said, why not? She said, because, because I'm shy, Dad. I gave Amy a little lesson at that point. I gave her a little lesson. I said, Amy, the next day you go to school, when you see another little girl in your class and you are allowed to talk, go up to her and say, hi, my name is Amy. What is your name? And after she tells you her name, just say to her, I, I like to play with my toys. Do you, do you have a favorite toy that you like to play with? And I went on to give Amy a little lesson on how to start a conversation and how to keep it going. At the end of the next week of kindergarten school, I said to our daughter, it was probably at supper time, I said, Amy, how did you like school this week, sweetie? Amy said, Daddy, I really like school now. I really like it. I have so many friends, she said. I have so many friends at school. I like to see them. Uh, she told my wife and I the names of some of her friends, and of course I can't remember them many years later. I said, I said Amy, how, how did they become your friends? And she said, Daddy, don't you remember? You told me, Dad, you told me to, to talk to the other children, and so that's what I did. Now I'm not alone. <laughs> I'm not alone, she said. I have friends at school. Amy learned a very important lesson in kindergarten which maybe you need to learn as well. And it is simply this. Take the initiative in talking with people. Take the initiative. For example, between 10.45 a.m. and 11 a.m. here at church on Sundays, take a few minutes in the, in the church foyer and introduce yourself to, to a few people and get to know someone. After church is over, you can run out of, run out of the door, 
all right? You can run out uh, on the last ham, or you can hang out in the church foyer for a little bit, or you can hang out downstairs in the fellowship hall and talk with a few people. Make a new friend or make, make some several new friends. If you are single, who knows? You might end up meeting your future wife or husband, <laughs> as some of you have done in this church over the years, okay? Point E, we're talking about climbing out of the pit of loneliness. Point E, take the initiative in attending various church functions as well, as well as attending events outside of church. Now, follow me on this, okay? For example, we have Sunday school classes for children, youth, and adults. I want to encourage you to attend a Sunday school class where in addition to learning more about God's Word, you have more opportunity to become friends with other believers. Different times I hear people say, oh, Pastor Nick, I became such good friends with so-and-so, so-and-so through my Sunday school class. We also have small groups which meet in people's homes through the week for Bible study, prayer, and friendship building. I encourage you to become a part of one of those small groups. And some of you here can testify of how you have made some beautiful friendships uh, with, with people in, in your small group. Recently when I held the funeral of, of someone, it seemed like the whole small group was there to support that dear loved one whose family member had passed away. On the third Sunday of most months, our ladies have a morning out which uh, consists of incredible planned programs. And ladies, I want to encourage you to attend the Saturday Ladies Morning Out. I, I'm sure it's probably one of the best ladies programs across Canada. And it is another way for you women to make friends if you'll take the initiative. Gentlemen, gentlemen, on the last Saturday of each month, we have a wonderful men's breakfast for just $5, which barely covers the cost. We, we have breakfast, worship, and a devotional from a speaker, or sometimes we watch a, an inspirational video. Yesterday we watched uh, a video on the life of Nelson Mandela, which was very inspiring. Men, if, if, you, if you come to the men's breakfast, it will, give you, it will give you another chance to meet some other gentlemen in the church, to build some man-to-man -man friendship relationships, okay? Uh, as well as coming to the men's breakfast on the first Friday and the third Friday of each month. You're invited, men, to, to the men's fellowship time downstairs. They, they have a wonderful time together and are a blessing to each other. They have fun, they laugh, and, and just, just have a wonderful time together. So the key is take the initiative in talking with people, all right? Do this not only at church, but also at work and in various clubs maybe that you're a part of in, in any community. All right, let me go to F. Take the initiative in inviting people to your home for a meal or just a dessert or ask some people to get together at a coffee shop through the week. Um, when I say coffee shop, I mean, you know, a place like Tim Hortons or whatever suits you. The Bible says practice hospitality. And when you invite, when you invite someone to your home or to a coffee shop, you have more time, simply more time to talk and to really get to know each other. You can read some scripture, you can encourage each other and pray for one another. And when you invite someone to your home, don't feel, don't feel like you have to clean all week just because you've got people coming over. No, 
All right? It's actually better if your home is a little messy. Why? Why do I say that? Because then your guests will more likely be inclined to say, wow, these are normal people too. Their house is, is not a showpiece. I know some of you don't agree, but that's okay. Also, when you invite people to your home, just, just cook a, a simple, basic meal. Don't spend 20 hours cooking. If you make it too fancy and it takes you too long to cook, you're probably not going to invite anyone to your home again for the next 30 years. <laughs> you didn't know I was this smart, did you? <laughs> Bobita knows. Thank you, Bobita. At least one person. Okay? All right. So, point. What's our next point here? <laughs> All right. G. Pray for victory over loneliness. Pray for victory. Now, I'm sure some of you are sitting there thinking, you know, Pastor Nick, most of what you have talked about is so simple. And you are right. You are right. The problem is a lot of people simply do not do the simple things that I've talked about and that is why 46% of the population says they are lonely some of the time or all of the time. I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you, if you will simply carry out most of what I have shared with you today, within the next year, within the next year, there will be hundreds of you here at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene, and there will be hundreds of radio listeners and internet listeners who will say, Praise God, praise the Lord. With God's help, I have climbed out of my pit of loneliness. I believe it. I believe it. All right. Let me share with you one other pit. We talked about the pit of loneliness. Secondly, the pit, the the bully pit, let's, let's call it that. The bully pit, B-U-L-L-Y. Last year, America's Got Talent had an 11-year-old boy audition for this talent competition that they have in the States. And this little 11-year-old boy auditioned with his violin. I did not know this when I first heard him play the violin, but when, uh, when Raven Mason listened to it, she told me that the song he played is, What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Stronger by Kelly Clarkson. Take a moment and listen to his story. First of all, I love your shoes so much. Thank you. <laughs> How old are you, Tyler? I'm 11 years old. So it looks like you have the violin. When did you yes. start playing violin? Well, I started playing the violin when I was seven and a half. And what made you get into playing violin? Um, I wanted to start playing the violin because I was being bullied in school. Aww. Oh, man. Do you know why you were being bullied? It's because I had cancer. I almost died. Aww. 
name is Tyler Butler Figueroa, and I am from North Carolina. I was diagnosed with cancer at the age of four and a half. Leukemia is a cancer in the blood. One day, we were out to dinner, and we said, something doesn't look right with Tyler. He turned kind of pale. So a mother's instinct said, let me get him to the emergency room. They was like, let's take some blood work, and we'll be back. The doctors came in said, yeah, he does have cancer. And uh, it was the worst day of my life. The doctors treated me with chemotherapy. When I lost my hair, I was really sad and embarrassed at the same time to go to school. They used to make fun of me and laugh at me because I was different. They would spread rumors to say that um, my cancer was contagious and they all wanted to stay away from me. One day, Tyler saw a flyer at his school and it said, after school program, free violin lessons. He was like, Mom, I want to do it. Mom, I want to do it. I was like, but no one in our family plays an instrument. What, and the violin? I would just practice in my bedroom and the more I did it, the better I got. Once he started that class, it was like a sunshine. He was just full of energy, happy. I was like, oh my God, I got my son back. When I play the violin, it helps me forget about all the bad stuff. I just didn't want to be the kid with cancer. So now I'm the kid who plays the violin. You got this, we're rooting for you.
I just want to commend you for taking something that's probably been one of the hardest things you'll ever have to go through and turning it around and finding something that brings you joy. Thank you. Simon. Um, wow, wow, wow. By the way, before I start, how are you feeling now? I'm feeling really proud of myself. Oh. And if you don't mind me asking, Tyler, how is your health now? Well, I've been in remission for almost four years. An extraordinary young man. We hear too many stories about people being bullied, but I can tell you one thing. Most people are bullied because they're better than the people who bully them. You know that. And I think you have such an amazing talent, such a personality, and I would like to say something on your behalf to the bullies. May the Lord help you to climb out of the bully pit. Let's stand. Musicians, would you come, please? As we sing this closing song, if any of you wish to come and spend some moments in prayer, you come, kneeling or standing <clears throat> around the altar. Maybe you want to talk to the Lord about the help that you need, 
about climbing out of, out of the pit of loneliness or climbing out of the bully pit or you want to talk to the Lord about something else, whatever is your wish. Above all, if as yet you have not talked to the Lord about confessing your sins and putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, this can be the day when you take that step of faith and commit your heart, your life to Jesus. So you, you come as you wish as we sing. Let's sing. Dear Lord, we thank you for the possibilities of victory over the pit of loneliness and victory over the bully pit. Help each one in accordance with their needs. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Greet one another. Be a blessing to someone before you go. All right.